It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Jamie East, and this, this is the Sunday Seven. On this week's Sunday 7, we look into a cancer breakthrough in pill form, hear about predictive policing, inquire about exploding e-bikes and get our teeth into new research on the effect of young blood on old mice. But first, on this day in 1996, NASA Administrator Daniel Goldin announced the discovery of potential primitive life on Mars. His announcement was based on the discovery of a fossil on a meteorite in Antarctica, which was believed to have originated on Mars over three billion years ago. There was good news this week on cancer as what appears to be a major breakthrough was announced by scientists at a leading US hospital group. The team at the appropriately named City of Hope, who have a facility in Duarte, California, had developed a pill which targets solid tumours and acts like a focused version of chemotherapy. They've been working on the treatment for two decades and the principle is to target a protein that is critical to the DNA that replicates tumours. The study, which was published in the journal Cell Chemical Biology, has shown promising results across breast, prostate, brain and lung cancers. The next step is for a large-scale human clinical trial. And senior research information manager Dr Rupal Mystery of Cancer Research UK says that the pill known as AOH1996 is very specific in how it targets cancer cells. PCNA is involved in DNA replication, so when our cells replicate themselves to make more copies of themselves. But this molecule in particular is um, mutated, meaning there's an error in this molecule preventing it from doing its job. And this drug is targeting specifically in cancer cells this uh, mutated form, which makes it specific to cancer cells and leaves healthy cells unharmed. The US researchers described the pill as acting like a snowstorm, shutting down an airline hub and preventing cancer cells from traveling through the system. Is that a reasonable explanation? So it would stop cancer cells from being able to produce more copies of itself and then as a result dying. So yeah, that's exactly how it works, yeah. A report by UK charity Electrical Safety First has called for e-bikes and e-scooters to be regulated like fireworks or heavy machinery because of the risk posed by their batteries. There have been plenty of stories of house fires started by battery explosions and a New York e-bike store caught fire in June, killing four people as the smoke seeped into apartments above. New York City Fire Commissioner Laura Kavanagh says the issue is that when the batteries fail, they fail spectacularly, not just smouldering, but exploding. There was a hearing on e-bikes and scooters and the safety issues involved in the US last week and one of the witnesses testifying was Matt Moore the General and Policy Counsel for the People for Bikes Advocacy Group He's on the line now. Hello Matt So how worried should we be about our e-bikes and scooters? Are battery powered devices in the home dangerous? Well, you know, I should go right to the usual answer you get from a lawyer that, you know, it depends It depends on where you bought it and who made it. Reputable manufacturers of bicycles and and e-bikes who've been supplying these products for years 
produce safe and tested e-bikes because they want to stay in business and their brand is important to them. On the other hand, if you if you bought your e-bike online from a company you never heard of, you have very little assurance that the product is safe or that the service, support, and parts for the product will be available. So I think your best strategies buy from a local retailer in your community and, and buy a known brand. What kind of regulations would you like to see implemented? You know, electricity and, and, and batteries are, are, are pretty universal. So, uh, you know, People for Bikes supports a, a harmonized international standards approach to regulating these products. Uh, many of the our, our member companies, you know, sell on in Europe and in the United States, those, those brands you've heard of. They should be able to sell products that, you know, and meet one set of standards that's that's accepted by a natural standards organization and been developed for that purpose, making sure that safe products are, are universally available. Now, you've just attended a U.S. hearing on the issue. How did it go? It went well. You know, we started off actually with some members of Congress, including uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer from uh, our great state of New York, and they fully supported the efforts of the uh, CPSC to uh, make these products safer. As you know, we're experiencing the, many of the same issues in the United States that that you're starting to see in the UK. They seemed uniformly supportive of what all of the hearing participants were recommending that we need rules specifically directed at these lithium-ion batteries. What should I look out for if I'm thinking about buying an e-bike or e-scooter online? Every consumer product has risks attendant to it. A a chainsaw is a dangerous product, whether it's gas-powered or powered by a battery. So you really need to educate yourself on, uh, on the product, the safe uses, the manufacturer instructions, uh, and follow those practices consistently. Charging overnight is a problem or unattended charging because uh, a fire can start very quickly in a unsafe battery. So if you, if you happen to have one of those, definitely you need to have the product under observation while you're charging it. The best approach would, would be to make sure you don't have that product in your home. Still to come on the Sunday 7, we look at predictive policing and we find out more about the UK spaceport race. We've heard many warnings about AI, from its potential to replace jobs in newsrooms or on movie sets, to its application in assessing radiography and cancer detection. One area where AI and biometrics are moving at speed is policing, but it's not always easy to work out what's going on. In China, there are reports that visitors to the 19th Asian Games in the city of Hangzhou will face hotel rooms with biometric scanners and cameras instead of the traditional spy hole. The Met Police are moving to make more use of data and analytics too, with the appointment last year of a chief scientific officer, Professor Lawrence Sherman, who's been applying data analytics to things like statistics on disciplinary charges against officers. He spoke to Times Radio recently about the power of predictive policing and how by using data to track regular offenders, the Met can focus their efforts more efficiently. With respect to the identification of people who are worth further investigation, there is uh, also a very vague legal language about reasonable basis to proceed with an investigation. And uh, I wouldn't say that anybody should 
be on a permanent list. This isn't even a list. It's it's a stacking ordering of, of the people who have shown up in the last 365 days. Every time we refresh the stack, we get a different uh, ordering. And so we're not talking about putting any kind of permanent marker on anybody. What we're just going to be looking at today, who are the most dangerous people on the streets? What are the highest priorities that at, that we can use for our best resources Think of people like John Warboys, the taxi uh, driver rapist, yeah. who was implicated in over 104 rapes. We'd like to stop that before it gets to be that of number. Course. Now, you might not be aware of it, but the UK is in the middle of a spaceport boom. The government is running a project called Pathfinder, which aims to set up spaceports at suitable locations across the UK. We already have Spaceport Cornwall and a plan for Spaceport Snowdonia, but there are also plans for four more in Scotland. And now the tiny Shetland Isle of Unst has entered the race for space. Debbie and Frank Strang bought the island, which is a former RAF radar station, 15 years ago. But the idea was to turn it into an ecotourism location. Now they're busy building a spaceport and hoping to be selected selected for a license. It all sounds a little bit Star Wars, but they explained to BBC Breakfast how it came about. Never in my wildest dreams that I think we would be building a spaceport. It's all about geography and location, location, location. And it's really, we're the most northern tip of the United Kingdom. So when we launch, we're launching overseas. We've got a clear trajectory into the orbits that we're trying to get to. The airspace itself is, is, is very uncongested. So there's very little civilian air traffic flying overhead. Also, because of our location, we're two and a half kilometres away from human houses, for human habitats. So it's a very safe location. Still to come on the Sunday 7, Will Guyatt explains how NASA lost a spacecraft and we discover if young blood really is a thing. Right after this. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. The search for eternal youth has consumed mankind for centuries. Is there some mysterious way to remain young, even as those around us fade away? It's given rise to plenty of mythology, including stories of vampires and their need to drink the blood of humans to keep from ageing. But now new research, which looks at the blood of young mice, suggests there may be something in this after all. Researchers from a team at the Duke University School of Medicine have been conducting experiments using parabiosis. That's where they surgically connect two animals, joining young and old mice together so they share a bloodstream. The initial results showed long-term benefits for the older mice and helped to extend their lifespan. On the line to tell us more is Jim White, an assistant professor in medicine and assistant research professor in cell biology at Duke University. This really does sound like vampire mythology coming to life. So young blood can extend the life of mice by, what, 6 to 9%? Uh, yes, it, it's kind of the, the proof of concept that we can slow the aging process down. And it's a very complicated procedure, you know, switching 
blood circulations and, and having young blood exposed in the old mouse, but it, it shows really that the aging process isn't set in stone. We're able to manipulate it when we expose the old mouse or old individual to it to younger younger circulation. It's not just simple blood transfusions though, is it? Tell us more about parabiosis. So that's the power of the parabiosis model. Although the, it's technically challenging, it has all the components of what we think are the important part of the parabiosis and the blood transfer, and that's bringing everything. That's bringing the cells, young cells, bringing the young factors, these proteins or metabolites, or even helping the old mouse kind of get rid of or, or metabolize the, the pro-aging factors that it might have. It has transfusions, a lot of times, or plasma transfusions, so you're just getting kind of a, a piece of this anti-aging component where the parabiosis has all of it. And I think that's why it's so robust not only in our hands, but in, in other groups across the world over the last couple of decades have shown really powerful science when using this technique. So it, it has this, this complex kind of anti-aging cocktail to it. Now, even after the mice were disconnected, the benefits continued. Is that right? That is correct. And that was really probably one of the more surprising findings of the study. Um, we anticipated beneficial effects with a longer-term parabiosis, that the design we used. But really, we were surprised on once they were detached for several months that these, uh, the slowing of the biological age persisted. We've been terming it altering the trajectory of aging. So we've, we've fooled the young mouse in thinking it's older. Instead of just defaulting immediately back to its chronological age, it almost reset itself to the age that it thought it was when it's had this young circulation and then it slowly aged from there and um, several months later still still looked at, at least at the molecular level younger which was really kind of exciting so does that limit the potential for application to human subjects uh, of course this approach cannot be translated to to humans this is really the the most basic proof of concept experiment that we can do but the promising thing is there was an effect right that's that's the part of this experiment we can do it if we if we brought all this young blood and young cells and the old mouse just looked old and nothing happened then then you kind of end there but there was the effect. So now the next step is why? Uh, those things that I talked about, is it the new cells? Is it the these young proteins coming over? That's the part that's now maybe beneficial to humans. And then can we drug these uh, young proteins? Can we drug, you know, can, is there cell therapies that we can use? So the promising thing is there's an effect. We, we slowed aging there. Now we just have to kind of bring the parts of why it worked so well and then that's what we can use for human benefits. Each week, the Smart 7's tech guru, Will Guyatt, joins us to get up to speed on one of the biggest stories in tech. Hey, Will. So red faces for NASA this week as they managed to lose a spacecraft. Tell us what happened. Yeah, this has been one of these bad day in the office stories, and I've become absolutely fascinated with this. Now, it's been revealed this week, um, NASA's Voyager 2 probe, this was sent into space in 1977, so 46 years ago. It lost contact with the Earth after somebody accidentally 
accidentally sent the wrong text command to its ancient onboard computers. I guess if it was launched in 1977, it was going to be a little bit of a technical nightmare, right? This is interesting because it means that the dish is now pointed two degrees away from the Earth, and that makes an awful lot of difference when you're about 12.3 million miles or almost 20 million kilometres away from Earth. It's taking about 18 hours at the moment to send an instruction to this satellite, and it's a bit like texting your grandma, I would imagine, because this is technology from 1976. Now, it might be massively more technological than anything else you or I would have been able to buy at that time, but when you consider just sort of seven years before that, the computer that took uh, humans to the moon is now eclipsed by the iPhone, which is 80,000 times more powerful, you're dealing with some pretty basic stuff. So the big question, can they get it back? Well, they're hoping they can, and they've located what they call a heartbeat. Now, that's basically a signal this thing sends out a couple of times a day. And what they're now hoping is this means it's still alive, it's still working, uh, the change of instruction didn't break it completely. And what they now hope is that there's a fail-safe that they built into the system. And that should see the dish on this uh, probe return to the correct position by late September. But until then... All they can do is pick up this heartbeat, which comes through, I think, once or twice a day, and they're going to just see if it's still operational. And that still seems to be working, so um, they're hoping it's okay. Is there other elderly tech out there we should be worried about? In terms of old tech everywhere, 8,000 pages are being used in UK hospitals, dot matrix printers are being used in airports around the world, and uh, one of my favourites, until just five years ago, the US military was using 8-inch floppy disks from the 1970s to power its nuclear missile system. Now, when I say coral reef, you probably automatically think of Australia or New Zealand, but the world's third largest coral reef is actually off the coast of Florida. Things aren't going well for it, though. Florida is currently experiencing a marine heat wave with surface sea temperatures approaching 40 degrees. That's having a damaging effect on the delicate coral and impacting marine life in the area. Scientists have begun taking samples and placing them in temperature control tanks in a bid to save endangered species. Alex Newfield of the Coral Restoration Foundation says he is worried. What we've seen in South Florida the last couple of weeks is a really intense heat wave that has brought a lot of really, really high ocean temperatures to the waters of the Florida Keys. And what that means for our coral reefs is that they're under a lot of stress and they are beginning to bleach and in some places die en masse. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.